Hey there, Wrestlore fans. This is Devo here telling you guys to check out the Blue Whale Comedy Festival this weekend in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's Labor Day weekend, where you can see my co-host, Ethan Sandoval, and many other great comedians from the Soundstooth Network family. And remember to download that app to your smartphone or tablet. That's Soundstooth, S-O-U-N-D-S-T-O-O-T-H. And now, on with the show with former professional wrestler Cam Porter as we discuss the legacy of Stan Hansen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the WrestleLore Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin DeVore. And to my right, he's the Cartman to my Golga, Ethan Sandoval. What's up, everybody? And if you don't know what in the world this music is playing, well, we've got a podcast for you here today because we have a very wonderful individual here with us. He is a comedian. Mm-hmm. A former professional wrestler. That's true, too. He is uh, a, a, an animal lover. Indeed. A, he is. a, a patron of the arts, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, of course, is Mr. Cam Porter is here today. And we are going to talk about a wrestler that maybe not a lot of you know about. Uh, if you are not big into the history of wrestling, and especially if you are only into American wrestling, and that is... The master of the lariat, Stan Hansen. Stan the lariat, Hansen. Stan the lariat, Hansen. And you might have already been like, who the fuck is Stan Hansen? But we're here today to tell you about Stan Hansen and tell you why this guy is so important to the world of professional wrestling. Uh, And this might be, uh, I think, our first one where we're dealing with something that is off the radar for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, it's off the radar for me. Yeah. I, I specifically didn't know What's research. interesting is Stan Hansen himself might be off the radar a little bit, but if you've watched wrestling in the last 30 years, any cowboy style wrestler, Stone uh-huh. Cold Steve Austin, JBL, they've all been a direct ripoff of Stan Hansen. Yeah. That is that is definitely yeah. uh, that is that is definitely the case yeah. uh, as I uh, as I have been learning uh, this week. So, what is it about? Well, we should start off with this, Cam. What is it about Stan Hansen uh, that you absolutely love? And, and you specifically told us when we when we started this podcast. And I should say, Cam is a co-host of uh, the still on hiatus, I believe. Uh, I, we've been talking about it. We don't know when we're going to get back okay. into it. We're still, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's styling and profiling with Cam and Zam. You can also find that here on the Soundstooth Network and go back and listen to the catalog because. Uh, their episodes are timeless, uh, like we're trying to do. So they're just going over um, all the professional wrestling pay per views, yeah. starting in the eighties, nineties, and yeah. go through the nineties and so on. And so there's no like, it's not like you're going to go hear a recap of a RAW from you know two no, years ago. No, so. we started with WrestleMania one, and then we realized we fucked up because there were Starcades before that. Uh, so we went back and did start the first Starcades from eighty two and eighty three, and then we've just been sailing on from there. So I should get back to it. So so why Stan Hansen? Stan Hansen, for me, is the, one of the most interesting wrestling stories of all time because of the impact that he had, mostly on the Japanese wrestling scene. Okay, yep. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, let me give you a bit of backstory on Stan Hansen first, all right. because you got to understand where he's coming from. So back in the territory days, mm-hmm. Stan Hansen was coming up, and he was uh, doing his cowboy gimmick. He was getting pretty popular. Um he wrestled in Puerto Rico for a long time where he met Bruiser Brody and they developed a friendship. Um, 
Then he started wrestling on the East Coast for the then WWF with Vince Senior. With Vince Senior, and their main guy, if you're not familiar, is a man named Bruno San Martino, yes. who yes. was the most. You think about how big Hulk Hogan was. Bruno San Martino was even bigger than that at the time. Yeah, he, Bruno held the title for 10 ele- years. 11 now, years. Yeah, yeah. But before we get on to this, I want to go back because uh, I was looking into Stan Hansen and his, uh, his early days and yeah. how he got his start into professional wrestling. And uh, I learned something that I didn't know, which was about a little university that used to be called West Texas State, which is now West Texas A&M. Hmm. Uh, and... This is a list of just a few of the wrestlers that went to West Texas State and played football. Okay. Tully Blanchard. Nice. Dusty Rhodes. Nice. Dory and Terry Funk. Nice. Tito Santana. Okay. Ted DiBiase. All right. And Bruiser Brody. So, wow. Like, this is like a little school out in the middle of nowhere in yeah. Texas uh, that became Texas uh, West Texas A&M. And all of these guys that we associate sort of with the early days of the Texas territories uh, and that would go on and spread out to the WWF and the NWA and then and even to Japan. Yeah. Like uh, a Ted DiBiase. I don't know if I mentioned that, but Ted DiBiase yeah. was also that. I, yeah. I don't, like all of these guys from one little uh, school. School, yeah, that's and, crazy. And apparently uh, Bruiser Brody had played one year at Iowa State or something like that and then mm-hmm. came down there. And they all referred to him as one of the Yankees that came <laughs> down and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, you're, you were talking about uh, how he's moved through here. And uh, when I was doing a little research, he, he started out in Amarillo. Mm-hmm. And then his sort of first uh, move outside of that territory was a little bit of NWA work uh, yeah. in the Louisiana territories. Yeah. But not the good right. part of Louisiana. Right. Uh, he was down up in the the sticks, the the Monroe's, Louisiana, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. not, yeah. not yeah. the fun places. Um, do do you have any recollection of? Have you ever watched any NWA, Ethan? I have watched snippets. snippets. I have not watched too much. Back in those days, back in the territory days, especially, it was very different. Yes, yeah. and yeah. and we've we've alluded to it a little bit on here, but and uh, you can give us uh, your take. But basically, the way the territory system worked is instead of having big national wrestling companies like we have now we're gonna mm-hmm. you know we have the wwe we have uh impact we have ring of honor yeah and AEW. we're gonna have AEW now yeah and those are all big national organizations but back in the day the territories were basically territories and, yeah and, and they, they were, were all broken up segments tons of them. oh yeah and the nwa was the national wrestling alliance mm-hmm. which was sort of this overshadowing body that brought these territories together and you shared talent right and and all of these things. But each of these little territories had their own bookers and promoters. Yeah. So each of the territories would have their, like you said, their own bookers, their own promoters, and they have their own top guys. And yeah. then the NWA would have their top guy, somebody like Harley Race or yeah. Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. And they would travel around to the smaller territories under the NWA banner, and yeah. they would challenge people for the title. Yeah. And that would bring butts in the seats. And if somebody was good, then they'd get it, and they'd travel around a bit. And listening yeah. with the interview with uh, Stan Hansen today, uh, he was talking about how even in Texas, the territories, even though they're all... In Texas, <laughs> there you know each town still had its own promoter, yeah. and um, it's very much the independent scene. And he was just like, if you could get booked into Houston, well, then you were golden because yeah. the promoter in Houston made sure you always got paid. Guys were getting three thousand bucks to headline, nice. a couple hundred bucks to open. Whereas if you're in Dallas, you might be getting twenty five bucks. To yeah, open. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he comes uh, virtually out of nowhere, uh, 
goes to Louisiana for Mid South, then goes actually back to Dallas, and then he gets to what you were getting ready to talk about, yes. which is the WWWF, which is a lot of fucking W's. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is not the a clean world podcast. Worldwide Wrestling yeah. Federation. Uh, this is not a clean podcast, okay. Cam. You can say whatever fucking the fuck. A. Yeah, you can you can talk <laughs> about how much you hate or love whatever. I don't All right, care. good. If you want to. You know, say that you get a massive hard on for giant boba, then it's okay. <laughs> but we don't care. Listen, but, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> so, it's that giant torso and skinny arms that just does it for me. Yeah. All right. So he's in the WWWF. Yeah. And he is sort of uh, almost shotgunned into the main. He's event making scene. waves. He's yeah. doing really good because, again, like that was he came in with this rough and tumble cowboy gimmick that a lot of people, especially on the East Coast, hadn't seen. You know, you had guys like back then, like Adrian Street and uh, Classy Freddy Blassie. Mm. These real, you know, kept up, like, uptight guys. And then you get somebody like him, who, you know, his nickname, yeah, the bad man from Borger, Texas, you know, and he comes in wrecking house. So they put him in a program with Sam Martino, who's, you know, main big shot title, and Stan Hansen, shoot, breaks his neck in a match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was interested uh, because Stan, you know, again, I was, I watched... uh, couple interviews with him today and he talked about this incident with bruno and you know he he said it he took he ownership of it yeah and uh but he also said that you know bruno gave him some advice which was like you need to like step away for a little bit yeah and uh you know promoters don't like that necessarily um but then he comes back yeah and his bruno san martino's first match back is against yep stan hansen at shea stadium in front of like forty thousand people yeah uh like just a massive comeback, uh, you know. Like it put a black match. spot on him a little bit because yeah. people you know, were thinking he was unsafe and everything. Yeah, but then they came uh, back, but it gave him a lot of heat. Yeah. You know, got him a lot of attention on him. Yeah, so. it took the golden boy yeah. out. And... Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. You know, back in the day, like, well, not, not even back in the day. Every era has its golden boys. Yeah, that, like. Yeah. You know, we all know that Ethan is a huge John Cena fan. He <laughs> eats his fruity pebbles, a couple boxes of fruity pebbles every day. Listen, I drink my milk and I study the three eyes, motherfucker. I have a Kurt Angle model. Uh, I'm really true. Yeah. Intensity, okay. integrity, intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so, but no, every every deck, every era has like mm-hmm. those guys that are sort of the top and untouchables, whether or not you're Hogan's, your Cena's. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, and yeah, Bruno was sort of that guy he was, in that yeah. era. Yeah. And uh, the fact that Stan Hansen, which which this definitely shows the difference between those days and today, because today the WWE has been so reluctant to push anyone that they don't sort of cultivate. Right. Yeah. Whereas back in those territorial days, you had to push. Guys yeah. From yeah, other you could, yeah. You couldn't but, waste the time, the yeah, years yeah. building somebody there, up. You had to pick someone. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no NXT and there's no like, you know, taking these guys from the indie scenes and then training them for right. three years to figure and out changing how to, their name. Right. <laughs> Changing well, them how know, to wrestle to, to a hard can. Not to go off on too much of a tangent, but like that's what's, oh, that's what this is all. Okay, about. good, because that's what's frustrating me most about watching like WWE today, is you watch back in the early '90s when the whole like Monday Night Wars were starting. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost all their top talent to WCW, yeah. so Vince was like, "Okay, I have to promote these other kids in my yeah. ranks." He brought you know Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, all these other homegrown talent they had. They pushed them, super pushed them to the high marks, and they became 
some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah. But now it's just they rely on the they've been relying on these same tired talents. Yeah. For 20, 15 years, yeah. and it's just it's become boring and stale. <laughs> well, speaking of same tired talents, uh, you know this will this will be out after SummerSlam oh, comes God. out. But fuck but, Goldberg. But, well, Goldberg, but oh, also my God. but also speaking of cowboy gimmicks, the son of a cowboy gimmick, Randy Orton, oh, yeah. who's fourteen yeah. time champion, Randy uh, Orton. So you know, yeah, maybe fifteen time by the Randy time you guys. Randy Orton. Yes, Randy. We have seen Randy Orton at every single match possible, and I'm fucking <laughs> sick of it. Yeah. So. But also, fuck Goldberg for real. I fucking hate that dude. So yeah. in these early days of Stan Hansen, because uh, you know it's hard to it's hard to find uh, really good videos of. Yeah. I watched I watched a match between uh, which we'll talk about, but I watched a match between him and Vader, and there was no audio except for Vader's theme song from the <laughs> WWE playing over it, and I was like. I'm trying really hard to get through this match. I'm yeah. just going to put this on silent yeah. and watch this match. Was but, that the the famous match? Yes. With the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so his style, I would assume, coming out of those territory days, uh, was it was it still? It wasn't going to be quite what he de- would develop in New Japan, right? Right. It well, wasn't and that's strong so, style. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is where it gets really interesting to me. So the reason Stan Hansen fought like he did, the reason he was so stiff, is because he was blind as a bat. Yes. He was super yeah. nearsighted, and so he would just have to throw his punches in order to make sure they landed because he couldn't tell the distance between yeah. him and his opponent. Is that the same case for Shane McMahon? Is that why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone will ever accuse Shane McMahon of having two punches. I heard a punches. great story about how Shane accidentally stiffed Undertaker yeah. in, in a match, or before their WrestleMania match that they did, and then during the Mania match, like Shane took like a big spot, and he was like, oh, okay, cool. And I can breathe for a second. And then Undertaker just smacked him on the back of the head. <laughs> and he was like, payback, motherfucker. <laughs> My favorite Undertaker, I've heard several stories of like people that are really trying to, you know, like throw their punches in and make it look good. And then like they'll be wailing on him. And he'll just go, damn, man, do I owe you money or something? <laughs> <laughs> like... now, but okay. Yeah. So Stan Hansen. So he, he developed that really cultivated that very hard-hitting, what would become known as strong, strong style. style okay. And when he went to Japan, it was just this perfect fit because the Japanese style had begun to develop like that as well. Because you got to think, here in America, it was all about the showmanship. It was yeah. all about, you know, the bigger-than-life superstars, and it was all, because it was all based off TV and, you know, carnival stuff. In Japan, it was a very secluded island. Yeah. They didn't have the same kind of stuff we had. They were very much based around their sports were martial arts based. Yeah. So yeah. when professional wrestling started up, they still liked that really rough and tumble, like hard hitting style. And that's and that's always been, uh, I, I guess, the the most baseline difference for anybody that's trying to figure out the differences between um, uh, Japanese and American pro wrestling is they treat it more like a sport. Exactly. Like yeah. it's still predetermined matches right. and stuff like that. It's yeah. a sport. Right. Though, the best way I ever heard it described is like in American wrestling, like it's a story that you're watching and blah, blah, blah. In Japan, think of it as like a separate universe. Yeah. And that is how fighting is done yes. in their universe. Yes. Cause it is very like strong style is it's very much a heavy impact, like yeah. hard hitting style. So, so after, uh, basically, um, after the Shea stadium match, uh, He's still with the WWF, mm. and he goes and feuds with Bob Backlund. Yeah, and uh, just completely different styles between yeah. those two. Bob oh, Backlund, yeah. very technical. Uh, who we've mentioned a few times on this. Uh, yeah, we watched the match of him on Mania yeah. Nine. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, with yeah. Razor. Oh, and, yeah. and, and Bob Backlund is a technical mat wrestling, yeah. like great athlete. Oh yeah, but he is not 
him and no. and Bob Stan Backlund. Hansen. Yeah, Bob Backlund yeah. was like a collegiate, like all American wrestler. He's very much like that technical Matt style, whereas yeah. Stan Hansen is all about strikes and mm-hmm. just powerhouse. Now this is this is in '81, and by this point, uh, Stan Hansen has already been to Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wrestled in New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, and uh, from what he says, uh, the the man that is most he gives most credit for putting him over in Japan is Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, that's another match that I, I watched, one of his matches with Andre. And he said, look, I just tried to, I did what most people didn't do, which is I didn't view Andre as Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. I just viewed him as another guy that I'm going to wrestle the same way I wrestle yeah. every single person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he just went straight at him. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, it's kind of funny because yeah. I think uh, a lot of the showmanship with Andre is what makes him look so larger than life. Yeah. Where Stan Hansen just like bowing up to him is just like, well, all right, you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're not that yeah. big of a boy, Andre. Yeah. Andre. Well, that's another great thing too about Andre the Giant. Like if you only know Andre from like early WWF, like American wrestling, you're not getting the whole picture. When yeah. he was younger in Japan yeah. and in Europe, he was fucking awesome and see i i've said that before on this and we we talked about it and it's just sort of like yeah i i I remember andre from you know andre from leaning on people exactly yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. um Um, i I remember i was listening to an interview with jake the snake and he was saying that like andre wanted you to like hit him yeah Yeah. to like actually hit him and he was like that was the most frustrating thing about andre because you're Trying to kill the motherfucker and he doesn't even <laughs> he just know. won't even register it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now here's the thing. Uh, I had I had a uh, first of all. He said that he always wanted to be a heel. Mm-hmm. He had no. Oh yeah. yeah. He started out. He said he started out his career because he was a young kid in Texas and he's local boy, so he was the baby face. But he said as soon as he could get away from that local booking, it was time to be a heel. And one of the people he learned from in Texas was a uh, wrestler named. Uh, uh, Cyclone Negro, mm-hmm. which was basically just the black cyclone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he goes to Japan. And and do you think, and I, I find this, you know, here in America, and maybe it's the same thing that was happening in New York, but we think of Texas and Oklahoma mm-hmm. and so like that as just rednecks and yeah, we write yeah. them off. Yeah. But we forget there's this fascination with Western culture. Yes. And I don't mean like America. I mean like the we- the old yeah, West. Yeah, like John oh, yeah. Wayne. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I got That assume. was a whole like yeah. the Hollywood version of Western culture was a whole other thing in and of itself because it was so romanticized. Yeah. 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 But but the I, and I got to think though that, that since that ends up being his character, that is one of the things that puts him over in Japan. Oh, absolutely. A, a country that still to this day has a fascination with yeah. the American West. But even yeah. you got to think, like, 70s and 80s Japan, they're, I mean, they're still, like, Japan didn't open up trade with, like, the rest of the world until, like, the early 1900s. Yeah. So they're still relatively isolated, and yeah. they don't like foreigners. I mean, they do now. But back then, they did not like foreigners. So seeing guys like Stan Hansen come in as this boisterous, loud American. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He is, yeah, he is, without a doubt, like, the epitome of what a lot of cultures think yeah. of when you just mentioned the American yeah. South. Yeah. Like, well, and that's why him and Bruiser Brody were such a great tag team in Japan, because Brody was the same way. He was crazy and loud, yeah. throwing chairs at people and everything. Swinging a yeah. chain. Yeah, and, and Stan Hansen would come in with his bull rope and start whipping <laughs> like, people. dear and, God. Yeah. <laughs> They were part of... Sounds like a, just a good old Saturday night <laughs> yeah, to <me>. right? They <laughs> They came in at a perfect time where there was a lot of American wrestlers going to Japan 
uh, Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, Vader, mm-hmm. Johnny Ace, the fucking Road Warriors. Like, mm-hmm. all these dudes were going to Japan at the time because they weren't really finding a lot of success in the States because they weren't following into that mold that the American wrestlers wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it also, you know, there and there, what we talked about, there's also sort of that stranglehold at the top by those. Yeah. I mean, um, Stan said, you know, there are those guys that you could plop down anywhere in America mm-hmm. and they would make money. And they could be like Dusty Rhodes or you know, uh, Ric Flair or whatever, but like, you know, not, and, and the thing is about his gimmick is it is a fairly easy replicable yeah. uh, gimmick. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll talk, I'll bring that up in a little bit. Yeah, gonna, it's, it's we got, we got a little, there's se- a lot of, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got, I got a, I got a fun one uh, to bring up here. Okay. That we'll sh- okay. I got to show, uh, Y'all a video of something here in a minute. <laughs> is uh, it the mystery cowboy? <laughs> no, it is not the mystery cowboy. Uh, now the one thing is, uh, Stan Hansen uh, does team with who? In Bruiser Brody. No. Oh. The other more famous one. Who is he first team with? One of the people he first teams with in New Japan. Vader? Masawa? No, teaming with Vader. Let me tell you something, brother. Oh, really? He teams with Hulk Hogan. Oh, when Hulk Hogan shit, is a yeah, bad guy yeah. in New Japan. Oh, yeah, when he did the extra boomba. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, he basically that's Axe Bomber, with, by yeah, the way. That's I just know. how the well, I meant for the viewers, like <laughs> that's just how they call it in Japan. Yeah. The Axe of yeah. Um, and yeah, he teams with Hogan, uh, over there. And uh, then what he said was, um, basically that uh, he learned how to do his healer stuff in mm. New Japan from uh, uh, Tiger Jeet Singh, yeah, Tiger Jet Singh, and that and this, this is crazy to think about. This is a moment that changes the. Entire history of professional. This is we. I stumbled upon this. Yeah, researching for this. So it's Hulk Hogan and Stan Hansen, and then all of a sudden, New Japan brings in Bruiser Brody, mm-hmm. and Hogan and Hansen are like, "Well, what are you doing bringing in Bruiser Brody? We're sort of the two big American heels." And Stan goes, well, I know Bruiser, and we're, you know we're continuing. Yeah. And then Hogan takes this as, "Well, I got no place in New Japan." And then this is when Hogan decides to go back mm-hmm. to America full time. So, like, signing of Bruiser Brody to New Japan Pro that Wrestling changed the changes of the wrestling. course of, yeah. a, of like pro wrestling forever because all of a sudden Hogan is going to go off, and this yeah. is uh, you know this is right around the time where Hulkamania is going to be born, oh, yeah. Yeah. and he's going to go off and go back to America to the WWF. History changed. Yeah. Which, well, and we might get into it in a minute, but that's, for me, the most interesting part of all this is that the the impact that Stan Hansen would have on the Japanese wrestling landscape in the early 90s when WWF had sort of a talent exchange yeah. with New Japan and All Japan and Hulk Hogan would go back to Japan, he would have to completely change his style to yeah. fit oh, in yeah. because that's when he started doing the axe bomber yeah. because the leg drop wouldn't get over in Japan, no. but the lariat... The clotheslines did because of how fucking popular Stan Hansen was. Yeah. That was the devastating move. I so when Hulk Hogan went over there, he had to change his style. Even to this day, I will pop hard for a good Larry. Oh, absolutely. It's so good. As much as I yeah. fucking hate JBL as a person, yeah, yeah. he's got a great fucking Larry. Oh, yeah. And I, I want to clarify, I messed up. So people don't need to correct me. <laughs> 
It wasn't that they signed Bruiser Brody. It was that they signed Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, okay. They brought okay. in Abdullah the Butcher, yeah. and that was going to be the big one. So just replace whatever I said about Bruiser Brody with Abdullah <laughs> with the Abdul, Butcher. Yeah. Abdullah the Butcher, Butcher. also yeah. terrible human. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He well, changed the landscape in a couple of ways yeah. by also introducing a hepatitis scare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so this prompts, actually what it prompted Hanson to do was to leave New Japan Pro mm-hmm. Wrestling for all Japan all Pro Japan, Wrestling. All Japan, yes. And that is the... Most, if, if you're listening today, you're probably, and you're someone that's more of a modern wrestling fan, you may have an inkling about who New Japan Pro Wrestling is with Okada and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may not know that there's this other organization named All Japan yeah. Pro Wrestling, uh, which was on equal footing with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, All Japan was the top game for a long yeah. time, and they yeah. had the guys. New Japan, it was, all, it was really sort of like a WWF, WCW thing where New Japan started getting these younger, hotter stars, that's yeah. when you started seeing guys like uh, uh, Jushin Liger. Oh, yeah. Great Muda had, like, you know, a resourceful career there. And then All Japan had kind of the stalwarts like Mitsuharu Misawa and Kenta Kobayashi and yeah. those guys. I just watched a video on Misawa, and it, oh, it's so sad. Dude, right? Misawa was the shit. Now, to hear Stan Hansen uh, say it, uh, what happened was when he left to go to All Japan Pro Wrestling, um, the... Who, Giant Baba mm-hmm. is the owner, yeah. of New, owner, all, all, Booker, Booker, everything. Yeah. Um, it would be like uh, if Vince McMahon was a full time wrestler, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, which you know when he's kind of in the nineties, he, he wrestled bit. God, yeah. so you know <laughs> yeah. it was great. Um, we we got to do the wrestling God one, dear God. <laughs> we just got to do like a religion storyline one and, and just yeah. go with it. You just need to do all the crazy Vince moments. Um, but yeah. it'd be a fucking four hour episode. So yeah. Stan Hansen said when he first went to All Japan Pro Wrestling that he was a little bit concerned because their style of wrestling was a lot more like the NWA, yes, like big man, let's do holds. Basically, if you've seen a Baron Corbin match <laughs> in the la- in 2018 or 2019, um, it's just going to be like big move, rest hold, rest yeah. hold, big move, rest yeah. hold. Whereas New Japan was uh, far more energetic, mm-hmm. constantly going, and he was worried that, they were going to want him to go back to that sort of territory based right. stuff. And to Giant Baba's credit, he was like, no, we need to adapt and compete. Like, yeah. this is what we're going to do. And uh, I think that, I honestly think, yeah, I think the great Muda just wrestled very recently. I was thrown off by that. I was trying to find that. <laughs> uh, he's, still, he's still around. Muda like, he still was does in some the, stuff. Muda and Liger yeah. were in the Ring of Honor Battle Royal. That's right. Yeah. At, um, well, because Liger announced his retirement early this year. And yeah, and, and it sad. looked like it was like Muda and Liger were the final two, yeah. and then Kenny King yeah. came out yeah. and eliminated them both, and then they did their big moves yeah. on him and got their heat back. Which I'll also, just as a side, like, great Muda. If you want to get into Japanese wrestling, watch some fucking great Muda matches. Watch, that also was watch Great Sasuke, because he's also oh, an dude, insane fucking great Kabo- Dude, fucking Great Muda versus Great Sasuke, the fucking Muda scale. <laughs> that match, the bloodiest fucking match of all time. Yeah. I, I personally think Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero and JBL, JBL yep. is the bloodiest match of all time. I agree with you there, but... But it yeah. did create the Muda yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But also Muda and Liger in, I think, 93. Three mm-hmm. when Liger shed the Jushin gimmick and became Kishin Liger. Yeah. When you found out his suit was just an exosuit for a Japanese demon. <laughs> it's fucking great, dude. Japanese wrestling is <laughs> yeah. the best. 
it's very I, silly. I understand that uh, often as much as I understand Japanese anime. It's <laughs> not, not very well. Which, that's the thing. I do not like anime at all. Like, there's very few Japanese things I can really get into, but Japanese wrestling is the jam. Now, so I think this stint that, uh, that uh, Hanson has in All Japan here, we're talking... Uh, Early mid '80s up until '90, mm-hmm. uh, and then he'll have a little break. Yeah, uh, when he goes to AWA. Uh, what are some standout things that he does in that period that you can recall? I mean, any of his uh, any of his matches is team up with Bruiser Brody. Yeah, is great. And then I, I'm I'm sure you guys are going to do a Bruiser Brody episode. So I'll... we we'll probably end up doing a uh, like a Legends of the uh, Territories okay. episode. You yeah, because yeah. we got to cover a lot of guys that people do not yeah. have any fucking clue yeah. who they are. Yeah, all that he had some great feuds like with Vader. We talked about he was in a match with Vader and he knocked legit knocked Vader's oh, yeah. eye out of its socket. Yeah, yeah like, and yeah. Vader just pushed it back in and kept going because he's yeah, also like, a fucking badass. Like in the doc, I remember like watching an interview and apparently the doctor said that was actually the right thing to do. Yeah, because. What happened was it then swelled and, and held his eye in, yeah. in place. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, um, He has a great feud in early 1990, early through late 1990, with uh, Terry Gordy, who was over there and had some yeah. fucking fantastic and, and, matches. And that was another moment where, you know, Stan Hansen made, had to make a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Terry Gordy, uh, who will eventually come make a name for, you know, who will make a name for him state, uh, in the States with uh, the fabulous Freebirds and all that. Um he well, this was actually post Freebirds. Oh, because this, this was post? 1990. Oh, okay, this is 90. You know, okay, 80s, okay, yeah. okay. I thought I thought when he was talking about uh, when he was talking about it in his interview, it seemed a little earlier. He might have had uh, something to do with him earlier, but the big feud that I remember is in the 90s. Well, and he was a little concerned because he was like, "Hey, here's another sort of right. redneck <laughs> American. Yeah, uh, is he trying to take <laughs> take my thunder away yeah. here? Um, but yeah, no." Uh, you know his uh, his story there in all Japan is he really seems to be sort of that that bridge. Yeah. And he said like, you know, he was there to do what he loved to do, which was be that heel yeah. who was always trying to take down the good guy. Yeah. Um, he's going to leave in 1990 for a very short and infamous stint mm-hmm. in the AWA, burgeoning uh, WCW. Y- yeah, and the AWA was um, helmed by Vern Gagne. And uh, Stan Hansen shows up, and he starts wrestling for them. And very quickly, they shotgun the title onto yeah. him. Uh, over Rick Martell, drops yeah. the belt to him. Uh, Rick the Model Martell from one of my favorite matches ever. Can you guess which one it is? Oh, the blindfold match the with Jake the Snake? Oh, the blindfold yes. back match with Jake the Snake. Yes. I was like, what is a dumb yeah. Martell match? Yeah, the dumbest yeah. Martell match. Uh, that blindfold match is the type of match that like makes territory people hate the old school <laughs> yeah. WWF. It is the second worst blindfold match of the three <laughs> blindfold matches <laughs> I know. I have I have a friend who, like he's just like, I couldn't stand that bullshit. They took Jim Duggan and made him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you know, that's yeah. what they did. Yeah, the worst blindfold matches in TNA, and we will need to fucking cover that. Okay. It you, is that, a nightmare. That will be... I've legit never watched any TNA. I... Good. It was good for <laughs> a year. <Yeah. laughs> I watched one TNA pay-per-view, and it was the one where they did the ECW crossover. Oh, and yeah. Because I, I knew they would probably do a better job of it than the PG WWF would do. Or WWE would do, and they did an okay job. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he goes to AWA, and they shotgun the title onto him. And he said, you know, he's like, I never wanted to be a champion. I like chasing yeah. the belt. Yeah. And 
there are some guys as as a wrestling fan, and I think we're you know again this will be after SummerSlam. But we kind of maybe dealing with it with Kofi Kingston. It was great to see him chase after that dream. Yeah, and now that he's got it, it's like. Okay. Yeah. He's got the belt. I got fucking love Kofi, but they just haven't done anything yeah. with him. And it's that there's not much of a story there anymore. But but there's always those guys that they're just so much better yeah. on the chase to yeah. the belt. And he was, and that's what he liked to do, but they give him the belt. And then he said, like, they just stopped booking him. Like yeah. they just would show up. Like it would just be Stan Hansen champion versus blank. And they would find some, you know, job squad guy yeah. to come take a, take a squash and he's like, well, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? Which I was mistaken, because I said earlier this was the burgeoning WCW. This was AWA. This is AWA. He does, after this, yeah. have a stint in WCW again where the same thing happens. They put the title on him over uh, Lex Luger and then just kind of forget about him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like then the infamous moment comes when they say, and this is where he realized that he was just a transitional champion. And they were going to put the belt on Nick Bockwinkle. Mm-hmm. Which I know a little bit about Nick Bockwinkle. I I can't say that I I've watched some AWA because it used to rerun on eight on ESPN, and I just re- just remember the characters of Colonel De Beers and and all that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I haven't watched much AWA. Yeah, either. it it's it's it, not good. <laughs> <laughs> like like when they yeah, it's just not good. Um, and so he Stan Hansen says now there's two stories of this. One is that Stan Hansen refused to drop the belt to Nick Bockwinkle. Mm-hmm. The other, and Stan Hansen doesn't seem to ever deny this. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he doesn't seem to deny the one they refused. But the other one is that he explained that he had commitments with All Japan and he was going to go over there as the AWA champion. Mm-hmm. And so he was happy to drop it when he came back. Whatever really transpired, what happened is one night in Denver... Stan Hansen is at the arena. He's saying, no, I, I've got to keep this belt. I, you know, you haven't been building this up. This is pointless. And Vern Gagne makes the decision that they are just going to go on the news or they're going to go on the broadcast and say that Stan Hansen did not show up Yes, and give the belt to Nick Bockwinkle. One, yes. that's horrible for two big fucking reasons. Yeah. One, you are burying a talent. Yes. A very famous talent in Japan. A guy who's gotten over everywhere he's been. Yeah. Yeah. And two, you're just slapping a title onto someone. Yeah. Like, that is like two wrestling no-nos. Like, Bockwinkle had a great career. I don't know a lot about him. I've seen a few of his matches. Like, I know of his history. Yeah, like, he he had a decent career, but he wasn't ever, like, he's nobody, when you think of, like, the annals of, like, professional wrestling history, nobody's gonna be like, Nick Bockwinkle's the fucking best, bro. You know who's great, guys? The Bach. The Bach. Bach. I'm a total Bachhead, man. You a Bachhead? Or you a Winkler? (laughs) I'm a Winkler. I love the Fox. That could also be Henry Winkler. Yeah, exactly. Dwayne the Bach Johnson. I'm gonna Bach your your Winkle later. Nick the Bachwinkle. (laughs) I don't know. Sounded good. Um... Man, Bach I'm gonna look Winkle, up a picture baby. of Nick Bockwinkle because I, I I got something in my head of what he looks like, and yeah, he looks like your Uncle Gary. Yep, <laughs> like yep. Uncle Uncle Gary's coming to he wrestle. Was the, he was that guy that Vern. He was he looks a lot like Vern, Vern Gagne. Gagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vern Gagne was Vern probably Gagne liked to push guys that looked like <laughs> Vern Gagne. Yeah, yeah, that's it's like bland. Ar- it's bland Arn Anderson. Yeah, he's that like he's that Arn that you would see in like 1950s like detectives. Where he's got like the barrel chest, like hairy barrel, but he has no oh, personality. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's 
Yeah. And, and he looks were, like he could have played a mediocre James Bond. Yes. <laughs> and, and, That's what he looks and, like. And there was some good talent in the AWA. Yeah. Like, there's a guys that had a cup of coffee in the AWA. Oh, there's, yeah. uh, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig had a, a stop there. You know, Sergeant Slaughter was there for a little bit yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, Jerry Lawler, if you Lawler, the uh, well, Shawn Michaels was there for I think a, a hot, a hot so, minute. Yeah. Um, and they weren't just... they the New Midnight Express? No, that, that was that was uh, NWA. That was, that was yeah, NWA. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so that didn't go over very well, and he just goes back to Japan. Yeah, and uh, he's basically going to be involved. And this is where uh, it's in this period um, that we get some of those. Oh. I hear I hear one of our guest stars in the back. <laughs> That's uh, probably Eleven the Cat. Um, but this is that moment where we get some of those Vader matches and stuff like yes. that when he goes back. And um, like the the recounting of Vader, yeah. like do you remember ever watching Masked Vader, like the big yes. mask matches? Yeah, yeah, the elephant mask. Yeah, and then it had like the. But like, and then he would like do the weird, yeah. make my arms jiggle dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he couldn't. He was too. His shoulders were too big to raise his arms over his head. Yeah, so he just yeah. Stuck him out wide. The man called Vader. <laughs> no, that's the man called Steve. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know yeah. what it is. I just didn't know where to uh, go. Big Van Vader, baby. But big he, Van. so he's wearing that mask, right? Yeah. And Vader, Vader was telling. Um, so this, so this match that they have um, is a. It's a weird thing where all Japan and New Japan had a combined mm-hmm. show. Yes, and it was a big, big event uh, in one of the big arenas. Uh, they, they, I, apparently that night they sold more tickets to that than were sold to Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, which yeah. was the next night in yeah. the same yeah. arena. Um, and for those of you who have no clue what that means, it's the time where Buster Douglas knocked Mike Tyson out, and it was a big fucking deal. But, also, just as a side, if you guys want to research something really interesting too. Uh, another famous Japanese wrestler, Antonio Inoki. Yes. Yeah. Super famous over there. He had a match with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. A boxing match. Very interesting story. So, uh, one of the worst matches I've well, ever yeah, seen. Yeah, but if you read like both of their responses afterwards, a lot of it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, they have this match. And, and speaking of Inoki, um, Stan Hansen is either the only or one of the o- like only. like Maybe there's maybe a couple other guys. To beat, who have beaten both Anoki mm-hmm. and the Giant Baba yep. in his career. Yep. Like, that's sort of like that list of like five people that have clean pin <laughs> Triple H. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like a yeah. very, very small. Yeah. But they have this match, and they come out and go look up a picture of Big Van Vader with his big Darth Vader oh, he's mask. He's the on. fucking coolest. He it, was the yeah. Shit. Scared me to death when I was a kid. But like, Vader told Anoki, he's like, look, Stan Hansen is not going to let me get in the ring wearing this thing. <laughs> yeah. And by God, he was right. Yeah. Stan Hansen comes over and shoves Vader wearing the mask, instantly breaks his nose. <laughs> yep. So Vader starts the match with a broken nose. And then from there, all hell breaks loose. And this was supposed to be, and apparently it was billed, and, and Vader was a little butthurt over it because the newspapers, yes, the Japanese newspapers, oh, yeah. not like. This was huge. Not the dirt sheets. No. I'm not talking about like, you know, uh, you know, like whatever yeah. website you look as big as wrestling was in the 80s in America, that's yeah. how big it was in the 90s in yeah, Japan. I would say it's almost even bigger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, because, yeah. like, there, there's still, like, some shame attached to, like, liking wrestling. But not, yeah. yeah not in, in Japan, Japan, it's, like, yeah. it's like prime time, yeah. 
shit. But yeah. but Vader was apparently butthurt because like one paper ran a big headline that says it's the wrestling mi- uh, mismatch of the century <laughs> because Stan Hansen is so much better <laughs> yeah. than Vader. And like Vader, like, so St- Hansen came in and that's why it got so violent is they yeah. both knew. Yeah. Like they were both red asses on this match. Oh yeah. Like, and Vader's one of those guys too where he's going to fucking get his shit oh, yeah. in if no matter If you have a match with Vader, you're yeah. going to feel yeah. Yeah. that yeah. match. Yeah. Yes. You are definitely going yeah, to feel that. Vader shit. is not one to pull his punches. Yeah. So, um, god damn, <laughs> they just <laughs> clobber yeah, each other. It's a fucking knockdown. It's, drag a, it's out. a Haas battle. Is yeah. what I like to call Which, it. Which, oh my god, like that. I argue with so many people, and because I love like the flippy shit. I love the cruiserweights. Mm. I love like the high flying, like Jushin Liger shit. Yeah. But my bread and butter is just two big dudes trying to throw each other at the ground as hard as possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, like uh, what is That's it? That's my Test favorite versus, shit. Versus uh, Brock at yes. King of the Ring. Yeah. Where like Brock is replacing Test, so Test is is pissed off. Yeah. And so they just start knocking yeah. lumps out of each other. There is a match, I believe. Oh fuck! What was it? It was. WCW Uncensored 95, I think. It's 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 an opener match. It's uh, Steven Regal, a.k.a. Oh. William Regal, versus Fit Finlay. Oh. And it is the most violent shit you'll ever yeah. see. And it's they fucking were, great. They were no yeah. goddamn joke. Because yeah. um, they both grew up like fucking getting into bare-knuckle boxing and shit yeah. like that. They were really getting their shit in. It was great. Now, I, I want to interject here, because this, this will happen two years before, but we got to play this little clip here of Stan Hansen from a great movie oh, God. called No Hold Barred. <laughs> oh, and I want to no. talk about this a little bit. Here's Stan Hansen's like, famous line. Yeah, this People will say this is the, like, the line they love, oh, except yeah. for maybe the line where he's hold, the, holding the guy and says Dookie or whatever. Right? <laughs> Let's see if this will work. It ain't the Deanie Wangers. Tainy wangers. Tainy wangers. Tainy wangers. So, like, we've been, we were talking about the 90s here, but in 1989, out of yeah. nowhere, yeah. like, Vince calls Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen <laughs> you want to be in this movie? Like, Stan has not done anything with no. the WWF recently. And he's never acted before. Yeah, either. he's never acted before. He's not bad. No, oh, he's, he's not. great in the movie. No, he's fucking yeah. awesome. He's like one of the highlights yeah. of the film. Like if he had gone like the rock route and just started becoming an actor, I think he would have done okay. Yeah. You know, so when was uh, Roadhouse? Oh, shit, I don't know. Oh my god, can you imagine like standing well, in well, the Terry, kicks? Well, Terry, <laughs> Terry, I mean, Terry Funk's in Roadhouse. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, Terry Funk shows up in a lot of weird shit. Can you imagine if Stan Hansen took Sam Elliott's part in The Big Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a bar eats you. <laughs> well, sometimes you got a tiny winger. My ex-girlfriend, she would always watch wrestling stuff with me, especially when we were like deep into style and profiling, because I'd have to watch stuff and take notes. Yeah. And she'd always joke around and be like, oh, I bet I could beat that guy. But And we were watching a match one night, and she's like, who's that Terry Funk guy? I could better, I bet I could beat him. I'm like, do not fight Terry yeah. Funk. <laughs> Terry <laughs> Funk will fucking murder you. Yeah. <laughs> Terry Funk is no joke. Yeah. You mean do you remember that match where Terry Funk gets kicked by a horse? Oh, my God, yeah. And then he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You, you mean Chainsaw Charlie. Right, Cha- right. Oh, sorry. So I'm sorry. Chainsaw Charlie. Chainsaw Charlie. With fucking a pantyhose and sawdust on yeah. his head. <laughs> um, so uh, he's he's over in New Japan, and then he's going to come back to America. Oh, wait, real quick. I want oh, to yeah. say after this video, because this reminded oh, go me. Go for it, yeah. Uh, Stan Hansen has my favorite line of any promo ever, and I've never been able to find the full promo, but if you look up 
his uh, WWE Hall of Fame and yes, yeah, so I was going to play that here in December. Yeah, yeah, the very opening it it it's the most succinct. It's one sentence, but it tells you every single thing you need to know about who he is and what his motivations are. It's just him yelling at the camera, and he goes, "I got a big fat wife and nine kids at home, and I gotta feed them." Yep. And that's why are you here? Where are you from? What are you doing? That answers <laughs> you have, every question. You've established everything. <laughs> yeah, you in need one to establish sentence. In that it's my one... favorite fucking thing ever. So now, great. before we get to that though, and then we we will because he, yes. he does eventually get inducted into the WWE Hall yeah, yeah, yeah. of Fame, which is also kind of surprising yeah. because again. He really didn't do much just there. a cup of coffee yeah. and, you know uh and uh so he does go back to america mm-hmm. and he is going to find his way into wcw yes and uh where he is going to initially feud with lex luger and mm-hmm. you've already talked about that and i and i'm on record saying that lex luger is one of my least favorite wrestlers oh, of absolutely. all time Fucking, yeah uh, and i could Ooh. tell in the interview where pe- that when i was watching um you know uh, let me ask you this right now i should probably ask this a little earlier but is he a, is he regarded as a nice like a, just a good guy? Stan Hansen. Yeah. Oh yeah. By all accounts, you watch okay. any like interviews. So he's, he's like in he's that. The nicest he's like dude. in that Bobby Eaton category. Yeah. Of just like he's just a really good heel. Okay. But behind the scenes, I mean, other than him being stiff. And, yeah. You know, wanting yeah. To get working his shit stiff. In. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I mean, because yeah. it seemed like you know, I could like one of the interviews I watched was one, you know supposed to be a shoot interview, mm-hmm. and I could tell he was not willing to. No. The only I got an inkling when they asked him about Lex Luger, he was just like. I never minded working with Lex. Yeah. And I kind of got the same thing when he was talking about Bill Watts and the NWA. He kind of yeah. like, eh, you know, I know yeah. Bruiser really didn't like him a lot and yeah. and stuff like that. But um, so they put him up against Lex Luger, who I just got to assume that I, I, I have not. I would have s- loved them to do like a Lariat versus Metal Forearm oh, spot. Oh, <laughs> But like it just like Lex is off the Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, Fucking I, Luger. I. I yeah, I like yeah. at least show me at least like with Cowboy Bob Orton, he at least had a fucking cast. Like, right, show me what he's right. Yeah. yeah, that was the hardest part about getting through those like early like NWA going into WCW days was because how fucking much they were pushing Lex Luger, and it was so fucking boring. If I have to watch one more well, Lex Luger Ric Flair match, I'm gonna kill myself. They thought they had a my only thing a, I a Hogan, yeah, yeah. yeah. but then, he had. Zero in-ring yeah. talent, zero charisma. My only thing I can say that I l- genuinely love about Luger is how loud he sells. Oh, it yeah. is okay. so I'll give you fucking that. funny. So we this is the second week this has come up, <laughs> and we're so learning <laughs> we're learning that Ethan just really loves dudes being loud and I, grunting. I get right? it. It's yeah. so funny. I get it. It is so funny. Like he's just, like, ah! just like, oh, <laughs> <Whoa>! damn it. <laughs> Wow, it's so goddamn funny. It's because like when he was in wrestling training, he was like, "How do I sell?" And they're like, "Just make a bunch of noise." <laughs> and he's like, oh, "Okay, I can do that." Uh, now, how do I act? Well, there's no hope. <laughs> Sorry about You're that. You're American. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy that later. Enjoy this until you kill Miss Elizabeth. <sighs> yeah, we've already talked about that yeah. a little bit. It's not great. No. Nope. And then you shrink to the size of James no. Ellsworth. <laughs> oh. Oh, fuck that guy, too. Yeah, fuck that guy, too. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, the list of guys that we <laughs> can say are good guys. So far, I think it's Bobby Eaton. Stan Hansen. <laughs> Stan Hansen. Yep. That uh, is about yeah, it. Yeah, it's about it. Um, Undertaker's a good guy. I've heard a lot of good stories yeah, about him. Yeah. I, I think Undertaker's probably not too woke on some things. nobody's balls. No. But, you know. Yeah. Um, let's see what I had here. Uh, Blue Meanie's a good dude. Oh, okay. No, Blue Meanie's a great dude. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, fuck JBL. Yeah. <laughs> well, now JBL is... Stan Hansen ripoff. Well, he 
like apparently he asked Stan Hansen to do yeah. the lariat and all yeah. that stuff, and like which you know in Stone Cold, like the the iconic look of Stone Cold with the black trunks and yeah. the vest with the skull on it. He, from what I hear, he asked Stan Hansen permission to use now, that as well. This is where things quickly go awry for him in the WCW, is that um, uh, he Dusty Rhodes comes in to book, mm-hmm. and. God bless it. I love Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes is my favorite wrestler and one of my favorite human beings of all time, but he was a shit-ass booker. Yeah, well, was... so WCW at this listen, point... Listen, nobody gotta lose <laughs> if we just make it some bullshit. Listen, listen, listen. You're gonna go down, you're gonna get the three count, but the lights are gonna go well, out. Yeah. Nobody's gonna know who won, Daddy, and the next week we'll resolve it, but yeah. we actually won't. So Listen, what... you come riding in on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm going to lose my shit. I got put in this position without knowing what I'm doing, and it's hard times, Daddy. <laughs> Best promo. Best oh, yeah. promo. Yeah, I love Dusty more than anything on the planet, but watching his booking <laughs> shit is not great. Um, well, and, and this is what we're getting to, and this is what's going to force Stan Hansen yeah. out, is WCW decides to take a just soup. This is a company that just a few years before this was doing no over the top. You couldn't yeah. throw people over the top. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. added all these rules to make it more realistic. Yeah. It is total bullshit. And everybody looks back on it and goes, that's eh, horrible. Yeah. What they decided to replace it with was to become like a cartoon, basically. Yeah. And what we, get, in what we get out of this <laughs> and what is going to force Stan Hansen out is they're going to try, they're going to decide to take Stan Hansen, mm-hmm. uh, Dirty Dutch Mantel, oh, Dead Eye Dick, and Black Bart yeah. and create a group called the Desperados. Yep. And then they're going to give us, this is one of the vignettes that after Stan Hansen saw these vignettes, he was like, oh, <laughs> I'm fucking out. I am going back. So I'm going to give you guys a little taste of this. I'm looking all over this here town. I ain't seen Stan. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but Stan Hansen is a master of disguise. He may be disguised. And, and if you can't, you can't see this, you can find it on, the, just type in the Desperados. You know on YouTube, it's Stan Hansen. And it is the it's worst, fact, like, Western theme park yeah. acting yeah. and dress. Yeah, this is fucking Six Flags. Oh, <laughs> this is yeah. this is Frontier City, yes. like, stunt show. Yes. Like, like when they're not doing this, you can get a silver dollar from them. <laughs> now, I know, I know that's Dirty Dutch. That's Dutch Mantel. Yeah. That is Black Bar. Okay. Yeah. I'm shot. I'm shot. Which I love Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel's great. So I know the audio on that's not great because this is not like... This is basically... (laughs) It's like Punch and Judy hitting each other with their hats. It's like they watched Young Guns and they're like, let's do this, but with... Y'all seen that Tombstone movie? (laughs) And so Stan Hansen sees... Dutch Mantel has like a very Kurt Russell mustache in there. Stan Hansen sees what they're doing and goes, nope, I'm out. And so... Like the whole point of these vignettes were that they were searching for Stan Hansen, right. and then he decides, "Nope, uh-huh. I'm out." I gotta do it. And so, as is one to happen with a lot of angles in wrestling, dropped completely. Yeah, they, they I think they again. wrestled like a couple matches as a group, and then yeah. you know what the best version of that ever is? What? Them just like building something up and then just taking a sharp left turn. Oh, there's some great ones. Is Funkasaurus oh, because God. they started putting out these vignettes where it was like close-ups of his face and it's black and white and there's like it's like dark music and yeah. you're like and it's like whatever date he'll be back and then like they do this for like a month 
And then he comes out and it's like, somebody call my mama. Somebody call. He's fucking dancing. It's so good. Now, my favorite dropped gimmick is when they brought in the imposter Kane, a.k.a. Luke Gallows. And they built up these vignettes and they had him like show up like after Kane's matches and then just nothing. No blow up. Not even a match. Nothing. He just disappeared because Luke Gallows went back to Japan. Yeah. I thought they did with imposter Kane. They did. Um. I thought the payoff was like he just like goes backstage and just like throws him out of the building and that's yeah the end that's of it. what it was yeah but there was no like actual blow off the, match that, or that anything. was it like yeah. he just like takes his mask yeah. and throws him out of the building and bye yeah there was no reason for it yeah no yeah and like they were presenting him as like a legit threat even though he's like three inches shorter yeah than Kane is which also like so the reason I started watching wrestling to begin with. Was because of Kane. Yeah. That was the, I, he fucking drew me in and I fucking love Kane still to this day. But Kane's like when they, knee should be in the Hall of Fame oh, for absolutely. taking so many bumps. But, <laughs> well, don't worry, he's coming back. But, um, yeah, when they brought in Luke Gallows as Kane, Luke Gallows has that big fucking skull tattoo mm-hmm. on his arm. So they had to, like, they put on Kane's classic outfit with the one arm covered. And then they just gave him, like, a red Under Armour shirt to put underneath. Yeah. And it's like, Kane had, like, a two armed gear do you yeah. not still have that anywhere why do you also get it fucking didn't cheap fit out? Him great no it's still all baggy and <laughs> yeah, shit yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and like they had they, a terrible fucking like jerry curl wig. it's like when they tried to do fake taker yeah and he was shorter yeah he was shorter yeah. than taker is ethan what sir you will <laughs> use the proper nomenclature under faker under sorry faker. there all you right. go not or, fake taker which also it's funny because they're doing fake taker and fake kane and then kane was the original fake diesel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, Kane. but then there. Do you remember Undertaker as Kane? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. There has been. <laughs> There's some Scooby Doo bullshit. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, <laughs> like the Undertaker Kane storyline is still like my favorite of all time. It's pretty great. It is a well. It's a through story. Yeah. That is something that can't be said. Yeah. Uh, you know, you 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 drop on you know like we talk uh, about. What's the, your opinion on the May nineteenth? <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. Now, some stuff got really fucking dumb, but the early days of it, like fucking like 97 through early, mid-98, super good. Made <laughs> Now, um, yeah, dropped angles are very frustrating. Yes. Uh, we, we talked about one last week. We were not, we talked about Mark Henry. We talked about, uh, him and Mae Young, and that whole was the, oh, the hand. That was God well, but we it. that was the GTV. It yeah. was supposed to be this behind, like and it was supposed to be like Gold Dust TV that just went away and never came back. And oh, I love uh, Gold Dust. So Gold Dust, and Booker T is still one of my favorite. Oh, dude, that things. was such a good pairing. Oh my God, it was so funny. I'll give you a sip of my if you'll give me a bite of your wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Gold Dust, Gold Dust is one of those guys. Like I loved him from the moment I saw him, He's and so then good. they started letting him do like the real goofy comedy shit. Yeah. Like, oh, I love, and I loved Gold Dust before I even knew he was Dusty's ha- so son. You've watched the match with. Uh, where it's the Cody. shopping. No, no, oh, no, no. Yeah. oh the, the uh, sh- uh, Booker T and Booker Stone, T and Stone Cold. Cold. Yeah. Have you seen that Booker T's dick pops out during yes. it? Yes. <laughs> and then Stone Cold notices it and puts a box right on his <laughs> yes. dick. Oh, the nineties. I'm glad. I'm glad you're on Dick Watch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, what's your favorite scene in Teen Wolf? The part of the end where the guy takes his dick out. In the I'm on Crotch Watch, yo. <laughs> crotch Watch. Ethan Crotch Watch Sandoval. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that that's that's quite good. Um, so uh, Stan Hansen says, "Fuck you, WCW." Mm-hmm. This is the same time as as you alluded to. WCW is like 
doing these like beach vignettes yeah. with like with like Vader and, and Ric Flair and the Taskmasters Kevin oh, Sullivan, uh, Kevin Sullivan, the man who killed. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right, and then uh, you might have killed Kate, yeah, 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 that's it. And then uh, they also bring Robocop in and, yeah. and all this, shit. yeah, so and they did that shit for because they even kept doing that through like the 2000s when they brought in fucking David Arquette, oh, yeah, after Ready to Rumble. Well, yeah, I mean, it, there's no point where it stops, it's, yeah, it was like Zodiac, it sort of yeah. slows down a little bit, but then it oh, the whole Dungeon up. of Doom era, was oh, god, like, it's not hot, yeah, yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, to his credit, David Arquette is trying to atone for his sins. Hey, look, I've watched some of his recent matches, yeah. and they're pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. he he yeah. legit just he did like what you're supposed to do when you're coming up. Like he just got yeah, his he ass squashed. Yeah, um, he also, but then he did that death match. Oh God, we got that light tube in the neck, and then he yeah. was like, "Fuck this," <laughs> yeah. which I don't blame him at all. Yeah, no. I took one light tube to the back when I was wrestling, and that shit fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, what are some, you know, he goes back to this. Now this is when we're, we're going to have a couple more matches, I think with mm-hmm. Vader and stuff like that. Um, sort of how does his career pan out sort of in this? Cause he's going to re- retire in 2001. Yeah. He's going to stay with the company through yeah. 2007, but he retires in 2001. So what he are some kinda, highlights? He kind of, after he goes back, he sort of takes on sort of like a legend gimmick almost where he just sort of, he shows up. Once a month or so, has a big name match with some top guys. Misawa shows up again. Um, uh, I'm trying to. I can't. I'm not good with Japanese names. Yeah. But he has he has some kind of high profile matches. But for the most part, he just kind of winds down and just sort of runs out his contract and has fun. Yeah. There's nothing really super memorable after that. Yeah. Let me see if there's anything here. Uh, uh, apparently, he had on he had problems with his lumbago. Yeah. What a, he had back problems. Yeah. Not yeah. Which yeah. apparently he'll get a. Uh, uh, taken care of after he's uh, done yeah it doesn't you know he just is sort of like cruising off into yeah. retirement he, there you know he put his time in he paid he's his dues. Old dusty trail. but and that's the, my favorite part about it all is just the impact he had because even now like you watch the top guy in njpw now okada and what's mm-hmm. his finisher a yeah yeah because that's if that well, stan hansen popularized and, that move so much and it is so and that's that's kind of crazy because it is a move that, for the most part, yeah, John Bradshaw Layfield mm-hmm. used it to win matches. I, I can't think of anyone recently that utilizes it other than just like a clothesline. Yeah, Is that difference between the lariat, yeah. and the yeah, clothesline. Like, like well, Ryback did it for like yeah. a. Yeah, he did that minute. running. Well, yeah. yeah, but that's like Samoa Joe, uh, in my opinion, had yeah. the best explanation of a lariat because somebody asked him, like, what's the difference between clothes? And he said, you run into a clothesline, a lariat runs into yeah. you. Yeah. And, yeah. and if you, like, go watch some, you know, you, the audio's not great. You're dealing with yeah. stuff that's been dubbed and dubbed and right. dubbed. But go watch Stan Hansen do this Larry. Oh, yeah. If you and just type in Stan Hansen Larry on YouTube, like, there's some it is, great... It is a devastating move. And, oh, yeah. it, and it's, I think it's hard for modern wrestling fans to sometimes understand that a simple move mm-hmm. can be a finisher. Yeah. yeah you like, know? like the DDT. Like yeah. How, yeah. Uh, Everybody does a DDT now, so it's kind of lost yeah. its luster. So unless you do like something special with right. it, like a, a really good spike DDT or something like or that. Or like a 720 but, fucking... Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my big complaints is I, I think it was uh, Sami Zayn um, 
or maybe it was Rollins. Both of them used the Falcon Arrow. Yeah. And the Falcon Arrow, for all intents and purposes, it's just a should, suplex. Yeah, but it should be a finisher. It looks yeah. cool. The deal. But, I, yeah. I always call it the deal. But it just becomes like... It was, it was, again, it was one of those moves that got over in Japan, yeah. and then it kind of and, lost and its here, luster. Yeah, it's just kind of... you know. And so I love the Falcon Arrow. Yeah. It is... Uh, boy... Uh, I'm sure I, I'm a little little sad to see the mandible claw come back recently. <laughs> One of the worst finishers in the yeah. history of mankind. I, man, and because like when he was uh, Cactus Jack, he'd do that double arm DDT, and that yeah. looked cool as the, shit. Yeah. yeah, and then he changed to the mandible claw, and I'm like, eh. well, I get yeah. it for I, I guess there, you know, I get it for. I mean, st- worst finisher of all time is the torture rack by Lex Luger. <laughs> torture rack is somewhat believable, <laughs> okay. but um, fucking, what was it? The playmaker. Uh, overdrive, oh, that, yeah, the overdrive, that like leg neck breaker. Oh my yeah. god, where you just slam your knee yeah. into the ground? Yeah. As oh. much as I loved Umaga, I hated the Samoan spike. Oh, that yeah. it's just the thumb to the throat, the thumb to the throat, yeah. the Kali oh, chop. The one yeah. he did to Brian Kendrick was fucking awesome. Oh, where he like just completely folds him up. Well, no, because he lifts. Brian oh, that's Kendrick right. Up yeah. Because Brian Kendrick weighs like four pounds, <laughs> yeah. and then does it. That yeah. one's fantastic. But other than that... Speaking mm. of that, though, there's also a match you can find that was uh, Brian Kendrick versus JBL where he takes a fucking sick clothesline. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, it. I think, yeah, that one and then the Schnitzky one to yeah. Paul London on yeah. the on the Royal Rumble. Yeah. It's always Ooh. fun to watch a big guy give a little guy yes. a lariat. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will see, or yeah. a powerbomb, like you when know, Brock did those to Spike Dudley. Oh, God. Cam, what was your finisher? Uh, I never really had a chance to try one out that I stuck with. I okay. did the Vader bomb a lot. Okay, you know, top rope or second rope splash. Now, I did for those that a for lot. those guys listening at home, Cam is a five foot four, hundred and two pounds. <laughs> yes, no, I'm, I'm very a, small. No, no, uh, no. I am a large, rotund <laughs> gentleman. He's a and, Vader uh, type. Yeah, I'm a Vader You're type. You're so Vader bomb. Yes, yes. <laughs> like rotund. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, if only he would have been fatter. Uh, no. uh, Bray Wyatt. I mean, husky, he could have been husky yeah. rotund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did that was my most one, and then. Uh, um, I did a because Dusty. I did a bionic elbow a lot okay. too. Yeah, well, that's good. That's that's good ones for big guys. Yeah, uh, I will say the one thing that the WWE has done good. I, you know I have a question. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, you're minute. cool. If you're a wrestler, what would your finish be? Hmm. Oh, uh, well, I'm a bigger guy, mm. but I mean, I I always. Like I, I like the Spicoli driver a lot. Yeah, Spicoli yeah. Driver. Uh, which I will always call the Spicoli driver, mm. just because that's yeah, where yeah. I learned it was watching Louis Spicoli do it. Yeah, uh, but I, I also really also I, I mean, just because he's my favorite wrestler, I always love the Fisherman Suplex. Fisherman by, Suplex was great. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, For Mister Perfect, can I, I pitch know. one to you? Yeah. I don't know why, but there's something about you that I just see Texas Cloverleaf. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a big, I, I'm a big submission mark. So. I, 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 and I, I do like it when a bigger guy gets into a submissions yeah. like. Uh, which I did the clover leaf a few times, but I never did it as a finish. I would just yeah, you know lock I, it in for some damage. You know, I will say for whatever garbage it was, we did WrestleMania nine last week, <laughs> yeah. and. Not that Brett's a big guy, but when he does kind of somewhat successfully put the sharpshooter yeah. on Yokozuna, oh, yeah. it just looks yeah. really Even cool. Even though the legs are just barely yeah, crossed. I know. It's, it's look, that build up, that yeah. intensity. And he's of wearing it. those red pants, so it makes his legs look yeah. like a crab claw. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, a submission move on the knees on a, on big, a big dude. On a yeah. big guy. I can tell like, you, that's, oh, why I had to, that's why I had to stop wrestling because I blew my knees yeah, out. That, so, well, yeah, that's a common story. Yeah. I, I'd <laughs> probably go with the uh, unpredictable. Prettier. I was always a mark. Can for you them. move your arms that far back behind yeah. you? 
No, okay. No, we're good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but what I was going to say is uh, the one thing that the WWE, we talked about Kofi Kingston a little bit before, that they've done a good job with his run is they have protected the fuck yes. out of the, the Trouble in Paradise. Yes, and that's a great move. Like too. if the Trouble in Paradise, that. which is like a, a spinning kick, uh, what what uh, Jim Ross would have called in WrestleMania 9, a martial arts kick. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's they've protected him. And it's always nice to see a protected finisher yeah. because – it does make it so great yes. when that when one guy does. But when, oh, when one somebody guy kicks out, when yeah, someone yeah, yeah. finally does yeah. kick out of it, you well, know? it's like yeah. the, it's not like Brock Lesnar where he throws fucking eight F fives and they all. It's kick like out. how yeah. Razor yeah. protected the Razor's edge. Yeah. yeah, where he like if he knew he was losing, he just yeah. wouldn't do the. Move. Well, that's another like we were saying the DDT like Shawn Michaels, the fucking sweet chin music was super protected, and yeah. now everybody, now everybody and their super mom kicks, does a super yeah. kick. Yeah, yeah. Were there any other like standout moves that Stan Hansen did other than the Larry? Or was he oh, he did a backdrop driver. Did a backdrop driver. Um, he had really good looking suplexes. The the way he'd float over, but it, it was his strikes more than anything. Yeah. He'd uh, he'd do a reoccurring spot where he'd like knock somebody over the top rope, and as they were climbing in, he just fucking knee him in the face. So and that was always a good. So look. here's like so this is something like if you're listening to us talk about Stan Hansen and his move set, yeah, you might be going. This guy sounds boring as fuck. He sound, but, but see, that's the thing, though. Yeah. It's like, about you, how you sell yeah. it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's how you sell it. And you also got to understand that this is not like punch, punch, guy goes down. Yeah. This is, you know, he is constantly, this is that New Japan style. It's it is constant constantly, movement. the constant motor is yeah. running. Like, yeah. he was like, uh, when he, in his interview, he's like, yeah, it was tough. I was a bigger guy, yeah. and you are just constantly going. So, that's the thing that I learned, like when I started wrestling. Like, it's not so much. It's not how strong you are, because the other guys are going to help you do yeah. the moves. It's your fucking cardio, because like yeah. you work out. Yeah. You know, if you're on the treadmill or something, you do a couple of minutes. Well, you know, you're like, wa- uh, but when you're in a match for ten minutes, you're constantly going that yeah, entire ten minutes. Absolutely. You might get a rest hold for thirty seconds, but you're constant. It, dude, it fucking drains you. Yeah. Well, it's like that. Um, when Bam Bam wrestled Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. In in WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A t- a ten, I think, or eleven. Well, I don't remember. I think it was but, 11. but whenever yeah. he wrestles Lawrence Taylor, like afterwards, like they were saying that like Lawrence Taylor is like up against the wall, yeah. like trying not to vomit, yeah. and Bam Bam goes, "Good match, buddy," and just like walks <laughs> to the locker yeah. room. Because Bam Bam was one of those dudes, like if you like big guys, like big guy, like Van Vader, fucking Bam Bam Bigelow, like those two dudes are, I think, like probably the greatest big man wrestlers of all time Absolutely, because they could fucking go. Yeah. But like you watch guys and like, I like Batista. I like him better as an actor than I ever did as a wrestler, Yeah, but he could not wrestle more than three minutes without getting fucking gassed. Same as Goldberg. Yeah. Well, it's because he was a meathead. Like he was just like, like that's the thing. Like, yeah. Um, Bam Bam had, he was chubby. Yeah. But like, muscle weighs way more than fat yeah. and it's way more draining yeah. on your body. Yeah. So like he was able to be much more just like fluid with his movements yeah. and just I always for, I always forget his name but the guy that's currently in um the Viking Warriors. Oh, uh, uh Roe and Ro, the Hansen. Yeah, yeah. The, the big guy there though. He is Ro. what he is able to do in the No, Roe's the smaller ball. Is Roe the small one? I thought Hansen was the small no, one. No, Hansen's the big one. Okay. Well, the fatter yeah. one is yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, dude. Like, he's doing fucking but, centons and yeah, shit. He's, he's the best. Yeah. Oh, I do you call him big boy centons? Because I call him big yeah, boy yeah. centons. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love a big boy centon. Yeah. Like, I it, love I love fucking Kevin Owens corner oh. fucking centon. Oh yeah. Oh, what was it? I was listening to an interview with uh I listened to another podcast in uh they were interviewing uh, Brie Bella, yeah, and uh, yeah, she came off pretty good in it. Like, okay. it's like it, she's I, the good. I one. don't mind her as a person or anything. I, she came off as like, all right, you know, I get it. 
Um, but then uh, she got one of the guys was like, she's like, you know, you should if you're when you're a wrestler, you should be like, you know, more of who you are. But just you know, and uh, he's like, why does want to wrestle in t shirts? Like, well, Kevin Owens wrestles in a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's like the t shirt wrestling guy. <laughs> I remember. Like, I remember there was uh, when Kevin Owens first started to break in the WWE and started getting like real popular. Kevin Sullivan made some tweet about like, oh, he'll never get over because he's wrestling in a t shirt. And then people in the comments just started posting. All these pictures of the early '90s of Kevin Sullivan wrestling in jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like fuck you, you asshole. Well, yeah, we never well, got over. Yeah. <laughs> you win, Booker Man. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I was trying to. You know, I guess the Hardys wrestled in those horrible t-shirts. And yeah, stuff, I mean, there was a like Taz uh, wrestled in a jacket. Yeah, true. that's right. All right, so uh, getting back to our boy Stan, though. Yeah. So he, 2000, oh, so he did as well. Sorry. 2001, he has his last match uh, in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Six-man tag, uh, six-man bout with Steve Williams, Wolf Hawkfield, Johnny Smith, Yoshaki uh, Fujiwara, Manasubu Fuchi, and that's it. Like yeah. he, he doesn't win it, but he, he goes out on his back like he's supposed to because he's a professional that's, wrestler. That's how you do it. Um, but then the big moment come, will come several years later, 15 years later. Uh, Mr. Hansen is currently, let's see, how old is Mr. Hansen? Got to be in his late 60s, early 70s. He is currently 69. Ah, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. 69. That's sex number. But in 2016, <laughs> sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. He is going to get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. They're running out of people. And let me... Uh, <laughs> I love St. Hansen, but I, I mean, mean, he didn't know, do much they, with the they WWE. introduced a new lowest level. Because like, they... it was originally Coco Beware. Coco yeah. Beware was like, that's the level you have to get to get into the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame. And then Tori Wilson got oh, in, God. and everybody was like, and there's the new low. Yeah. Well, yeah. Meanwhile, Cindy Lauper waits in the wings. She should be in. Fucking Trump's in there and Cindy yeah. Lauper isn't. Let's let's check this out. This Andy is Andy Kaufman isn't. I got a big fat wife and nine kids at home, and I gotta feed them. That's all you need to know. Yeah. From Porter, Texas, it is that wild cowboy, Stan the Larian Hanson. With his trademark bull rope, leather vest, and a bad attitude. Stan Hansen burst onto the wrestling scene in 1973 under the tutelage of the legendary funk wrestling family. My latest protege, the man that I am really proud of. Under the watchful eye of classy Freddie Blassie, Hansen skyrocketed to main event status in WWE. I cannot believe the tactics of this man. So you get some good images in this video. You can check this out. This is just wrestling yeah. Gorilla Monsoon in there. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. That, I, that I was, those fierce few clips are like really good. I, I was going to say when I open this podcast, you're that you're you're my gorilla to my Heenan. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But uh, no, you get some. So, what? <laughs> Will you be quiet? You're, you're just nice. Will you stop? <laughs> you're, you're, you're way nicer than I. Am. That's true. <laughs> so After like, I say fuck you. Yeah. Uh, but you, you, get, you get some great shots. You, sh- you get some occipital protuberance. No! Yeah. Oh, he's gonna Pearl Harbor me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, you do get some great shots in this of him looking like Stone Cold, and yeah. you can see that. But this is just the Hall of Fame uh, video that they show for all their people. Yeah. You can f- easily find it on YouTube. Go look at it. It's a good video. But why we say it's kind of interesting, and, and it's they have had some people that they've introduced that from other promotions. Yeah, um, yeah. Mill Mascaris in yeah, there. Most yeah, most of them have been, you know, yeah, and they put Vern Gagne in and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, it was kind of out of left field because yeah. it wasn't like no one. 
that's Didn't Bruiser get put in recently. I don't think uh, so. Think he may have been a posthumous. I know maybe I they have I that they have did. that one thing where they do like these these inductees that aren't like right. regular show because I, I think Chief J Strongbow was one this year. Yeah, he got inducted or no? Um, yeah, I think it was Strongbow that got inducted. Uh, but um, but yeah, the, it was just sort of out of left field when I yeah. saw uh, it. 19, 2019 WWE Hall of Fame Legacy really? inductees Bruiser Brody. Oh, okay. Bruiser Brody, cool. yeah. So All this right. Year. So this year, and Bruiser Brody died in 1988, so yeah. he was the not The legacy there. inductees, that's what it is. Yes, so it was like legacy. Playboy Buddy Rose, nice. uh, Toru Tanaka, nice. Hisashi Shinma, Joe Cohen, Primo Carnera, Luna Vachon, nice. Jim Barnett, SD Jones. Hey, special delivery. Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, Wahoo is who has okay. Bruiser Brody. Yeah. I used yeah. to have a shirt that... Uh, the Greg Valentine, I broke Wahoo's leg shirt. And depending on where you're from in this country, hearing that Wahoo just got a legacy can really piss you off. Because <laughs> like, yeah. to some people, Wahoo McDaniel that is, is uh, like... very, the, very, yeah. The shit, you know. Um, but yeah, it gets inducted, and, it, and it's great, though. I, I, I like yeah. to see that, you know, it's... And yeah, we can talk about the low bar, and, and fuck you. Coco Beware was awesome. I remember that bird, and he was... I, no, I'm not, bird, bird, bird. <laughs> I'm just saying. Bird, bird, bird. I'm going to fucking end this show on Coco's theme song. Just keep this up. <laughs> Coco like, wasn't bad. Coco was all about the gimmick. But, but think about the, yeah. But I mean yeah. But I mean think about that. I remember Coco Beware because I remember him with the bird. Right. I remember him on the cartoon. Yeah. I remember his stupid song and his entrance. <laughs> yeah. Like if you'd asked me two days ago to tell me what Stan Hansen's theme song sounds like, I would not have known it wasn't crazy gibberish. Which, yeah, I'm so glad you put me, because that's my favorite fucking thing. Because it starts off, you know, he's this fucking rough-and-tumble Texas redneck, and it starts off with a nice country jam, and then it goes into fucking anime theme song intro. It's a lot like some of the Kenny Omega theme yeah. songs. Like, that's which, just how they like in Japan, right. which I had never actually... Um, I had kind of heard some of that promo before, or that that music before, but I didn't know it was his entrance music. I recently bought a Japanese Nintendo 64, oh. so I could also buy a Japanese exclusive wrestling game yeah. from 1999. What'd you buy? Uh, it's Virtual Pro Wrestling Virtual 2. Pro wrestling! It's the same engine as WrestleMania 2000 and No oh, Mercy, okay. but it's exclusively Japanese wrestlers. And it was supposed to be a joint game between All Japan and New Japan, but at the last minute, New Japan pulled their license. So the New Japan wrestlers are like all their gears in there, but you have to make them, them yourself. Yeah. But uh, Stan Hansen's in it and everything. And there's a bunch of good people in it. But yeah, I, I was playing. Uh, uh, the first match I played was Stan Hansen uh, versus Great Muda because those are my two two of my favorites. And he comes out to that entrance music. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, it's like it's like uh, nowadays whenever you play a wrestling game and there's like you know like DDP or something, yeah. and they've got their shitty dub yeah. theme in there, and you're like, what the fuck? Although oh, to be yeah. fair, like DDP's uh, WCW theme was just a bad knockoff of fucking Smells Like Teen oh, yeah. Spirit. Oh well, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you know, or it's like. Yeah. Like, I want him to put, like, Pantera Walk yeah. so I can give it to RVD. Just, oh, or fucking uh, Inner Sandman with was, Sandman. Yeah, oh, God. ECW is the shit. That I was telling him the other day, I, I one of the things I hate the most is that on the network you do not get the yeah, original. Yeah, they change the music. It's just like, yeah, because they don't have like, the Like, for any of you out there, like, I highly recommend you go back and you watch the old ECW pay-per-views because they're yeah. bonkers. And I'm yeah. talking about, like, the real ECW, like yeah. Heat Wave '97, yeah. no, November to remember, remember, and and yeah, all those. December Anar- to December, don't watch that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they used to come out to real songs, mm-hmm. which ECW did not have the license no, to. But and 
WWE, what are they gonna do? Yeah, WWE d- won't put them on their network. Yeah. So now you get like generic, generic, like something that's sound, like a sound alike, and it's, yeah, it fucking yeah. sucks. What you should probably oh. do is find out what the wrestler's theme was, and, and then when, when you they watch come the out, match, just play like, that. You gotta yeah. hear like when New Jack comes out, you've gotta hear Natural Born Killers because <laughs> uh, that do is. Do you want to know like, what the worst? I think maybe just the most offensive theme ever is by a mile, and you won't know it because you have never watched TNA. Davari? Yeah. Okay. Ari Davari? Ari uh His theme in TNA when he first started, and Ari Davari is a, uh, uh Arab-American wrestler. Yeah. I don't know what his religious beliefs are, but he's an Arab-American wrestler. And his theme started with a plane crashing. Oh, fuck me. I'm not oh bullshitting. Oh, my God. That's some Muhammad Hassan shit. Right yeah, I was there. gonna say they did that terrorist gimmick for like oh, one boy. show, and they're like, "Nope, drop it." Yeah. Oh my god, it was awful. Jesus. Yeah, there's that one gimmick they dropped when they got a bunch of fucking <laughs> yeah, death yeah. threats. He came out like one night in like a fucking bomber vest, and they're like, "Nope." You know, I think the one I'm surprised they didn't drop, and he I guess he was supposed to feud with Taker at Mania. Yeah. Yeah. That was the. I'm yeah. really surprised, like, now that Sami Zayn has been, like, more vocal about being, like, Muslim, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't shoehorned him into some fucking oh, stupid terrorist Poor gimmick. Sami Zayn. Just bring back El Generico. I know, right? Just uh, bring him back. I love Sami Zayn. Though. Yeah, no, Sami Zayn's, like, one of the best wrestlers, yeah. and he's... Listen, his El char- Generico's dead, guys. His char- can't bring yeah. him back. He went to Mexico to run an orphanage, and he fucking died. And yeah. his, his character is great. Too, I think they just like, don't do anything. They just don't do anything with him. Like what you could say about almost every single yeah. wrestler in the his WWE right happy now. Happy-go-lucky ska boy. I love yeah. it. I love that he fucking threw his shoulder out during his entrance because he was skanking so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cam. As we wind down here, yes. it's been fun. Yeah, I've got trivia to go host. We'll, we'll do plugs here and stuff. I'm just gonna. So Stan Hansen is your favorite cowboy gimmick wrestler of all time. Absolutely. Okay, who would be your number two? Man, just for, just f- because when I started watching wrestling, he was the top guy, but Stone Cold. Okay. So, uh, there was another see, I guy. N- I never put those two and two together. I don't think of Stan Hansen, and then I immediately think of Stone Cold. Well, if you watch, like, you know, watch yeah. that video there, like, you see, like, Stone Cold, like, yeah. vest and everything, totally ripped off from just the yeah. loudmouth Texan gimmick. Yeah. Um, there was another guy, though, in, like, the mid-2000s, early 2000s, named Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch! Who was a very much, like, just... He came out with like the dip in his mouth and shit. Yeah. And he oh, was yeah. really fun. I think I got a Trevor Murdoch figure over there nice. somewhere. Yeah. Trevor Murdoch. It's got a rebel flag on the butt of it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's a little yeah. iffy. Well, Trevor but... Murdoch was there when um, Harley Race passed away. Yeah, I just, yeah, I read that, that tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Not Lance Cade. He did. <laughs> yeah. His uh, finisher was called the Gordita Crunch yeah. because they had <laughs> a promotional right. deal with Targo Bell. God damn it. Oh, oh, that's a good one too. Like fucking Glacier and WCW, oh, they were yeah. gonna do a tie-in with Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat yeah. Glacier and Mortis. And yeah, all those, yeah. You know. uh, oh, Canyon. Say. I miss Canyon. Glacier, I think my Glacier's still out there. My favorite yeah. cowboy gimmick. Yeah, he was the AEW. My favorite cowboy gimmick is Kurt Angle with a tiny hand. Does <laughs> <laughs> so it look good? I feel like a real cowboy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just with Jimmy you. Wayne Yang. Yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. I gotta get. There's lots of you know you got Bill Watts you got Cowboy Bill yeah Watts. Bob Cowboy Orton Bob Orton Bob Orton yeah uh, Barry Windham there's a oh, I love there's Barry Windham up there for, yeah for, for, for Barry Windham's the Rick uh, the Blackjacks Blackjack Mulligan yeah. oh yeah uh, let's see what's some other one you had Bradshaw JBL yeah. who kind of did two 
He had the he more was, uh, of a direct ripoff back yeah. when he was in the nineties and WWF. Yeah, Dutch Mantel yeah. too. Yeah, Dutch yeah. Mantel. Uh, Bunkhouse Buck. Remember oh, Buck? Yeah. yeah. Uh, D- Dirty Dick Murdoch. Yep. Um, R.I.P. Mystery Cowboy. Uh, the mysterious and handsome stranger. Yeah, that's uh, a Jakara gimmick. James Storm. Is did he the, another uh, James Storm? Oh, no, he's a hillbilly, <laughs> no, not he's a, a that's cowboy. A di- that's totally different. Uh, oh. What about the Godwins are the same boat? Uh, no, Godwins are hillbillies. Yeah, they're, they're hillbillies. Not, yeah. They came yeah. out with hillbilly Jim. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like they're yeah, the same yeah, boat. Yeah. As uh, yeah, Trevor Murdoch, uh, Ron Bass, Sam Houston. You remember Sam Houston? Yeah, he was sort of like a clean cut. That's one, right. right. Yeah. yeah, these are you know it's a, it, the cowboy gimmick is it's, standard. It's do pervasive. We have a, do we have a cowboy right now? We have we have Kevin Owens trying to be a Canadian cowboy. I think. <laughs> yeah, right. there's not really a good, uh, not really a great cowboy gimmick right now. Wait a minute, is Macho Man a cowboy gimmick? <laughs> he had the hat. Uh, guys. I'm no, no. The best cowboy gimmick was uh, Kurt Hennig and the crew in late in WCW when oh, they had God. the West Texas Rednecks yes. and they did I hate rap or yes. rap is crap or God whatever it is. It. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. some good stuff. Well, uh, we're going to have to wrap up here. I, I hope like we, if you didn't know who Stan Hansen was and you've made it through this episode. Um, I hope you realize that this is a guy you should probably go back and check out. Yeah. It's not the easiest thing to check out because there's not a lot of stuff to find. But yeah. there's a um, there's a great uh, shoot interview. It's about an hour and ten minutes. There's a couple uh, other smaller interviews on YouTube worth checking out. You can find a lot of snippets for matches. It's hard to find full matches. Yeah. But no matter what you watch, like if, especially if you like. Like the more modern, like strong, hard hitting style. Stan Hansen's right up. Your I alley. mean, this is a guy who was selling out. You know, yeah, they make a big deal about WrestleMania three and the eighty thousand yeah. people, but in even in the territory days, yeah. like before the national, he is putting you know forty thousand people, him and Bruno San yeah. Martino, in the Shea Stadium. Yeah, he's putting and then going to a foreign country that was very yeah. unwelcoming to foreigners at the time and, and becoming the hottest commodity. Yeah, so I mean this is this is just an like a guy who is he bridges a gap between American and Japanese wrestling. He influenced the entire industry over there and here to a degree. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously someone that's good enough to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I just realized yeah. who we missed for Cowboy Gimmicks. Who? Fuck JR. Oh, Jim Ross. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but he's not really a wrestler. Yeah. He's, he's been cowboy. in there. He's a cowboy gimmick. I mean, that's like saying fucking Jerry Lawler's a cowboy gimmick just because he's from fucking Tennessee. No, he's a cowboy. He's a king gimmick. Yeah, but he's also a redneck. Yeah, that's I would true. say Jim Ross is more of a redneck than anything yeah. else. He comes out with a cowboy hat. Well, not everyone that wears cowboy hats. That's all I mean. Jeez. Pretty sure it's not Buddy Murphy. So, you know, my favorite, my favorite cowboy gimmick, Trish Stratus. <laughs> Listen, that's my favorite too. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, well, uh, we hope you guys enjoy. We got some plugs to do here. Uh, first, let's uh, let's go over to our guest, Cam. Cam, uh, what would you like to tell people? Knowing this won't be out for like three weeks or so. I got absolutely nothing. You got absolutely I nothing. Got nothing coming up. I got nothing going down. Well, if you, <laughs> oh, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, if you guys see the name Cam Porter out there on a uh, on a comedy bill. Uh, definitely go check him out. Uh, go back and listen to that backlog of uh, styling and profiling, and maybe yeah. these we can get these two jabronis uh, on our uh, fellow. <laughs> I'm hoping so on our network to get back together. I mean, I think it's kind of like written now that we're going to have to have some sort of match between each other. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor little Zampino is going to be out there. <laughs> like it's gonna we're gonna ha- yeah. put, we're all big dudes, but Zampino's the smallest. Yeah, of us we're all. gonna <laughs> gonna have to put him over out there. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, check out Cam there uh, anywhere around town. Check out his uh, the podcast styling and profiling. Uh, Ethan, what do you got going on? Uh, well, I do shows at 473 quite frequently. Um, well, this won't be out in time for a lot of the shows I have lined up currently, but uh, definitely watch those. We do them on Thursdays. And then uh, also go see Talk Show Incorporated on Sunday. Talk Show Incorporated, which you can catch almost every Sunday at the Nightingale Theater here in Tulsa. You'll see uh, one of our sister shows uh, on Sounds Tooth, which is Talk Show Incorporated. They've also got the Real Roast that will be going on once a month. Uh, mm-hmm. So check out that. Uh, follow uh, Talk Show Incorporated on Facebook. Um, follow, download the Sounds Tooth app, of course, for us. Uh, you can catch me also on the Getting Greasy podcast, which is a Trailer Park Boys podcast with Zach Amon and Sean Singleton. Uh, that should be debuting, I think, the same day this one drops. So be sure to check that out on nice. the Sounds Tooth Network. Uh, so download that app. Uh, guaranteed to be 100% Russian influence free as of this week. So thank you guys for listening. We're going to take you out with a little Coco Beware because Ethan loves him so much. He's great. I don't dislike Coco Beware, though. Ha, ha, ha.